Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi. I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd, and welcome to the new Jesus. Um, here's our uh, postulate for this week, the, the condensed, distilled truth, least common denominator kind of thing uh, for what we're going to be talking about today. A life of purpose is fully expressed when who we think we are and who we really are align on a daily basis. This true identity the only true identity can only be uncovered in the pursuit of learning who we are in God's eyes. And in a similar postulate from a couple of weeks ago, it was saying the meaning and purpose in life cannot be earned or uh, created by our effort and willpower. It has to be uncovered through searching. And we've already talked about that search, you know, through all of the worldviews, all the possibilities, gathering all the truth. And I believe when you do, uh, you will come down to what I came down to. That if there is a true worldview for me to live by, embrace, feel good about, and follow, it needs to be the truth, not just the one that I like the best because a lot of these are mutually exclusive. They say things in their text that would make the other religion not possible if what this text is saying is true. And I believe there's things in every one of those texts that create a mutual exclusivity. So that means not only can they not all be right if that's true, it means there's no two that are right. There's only one. And I've already shared with you my criteria based on the way we work, based on the way nature works, based on the laws of the universe, uh, everything. The one true worldview, in my opinion, has to be one of love, one of truth, 
one of justice, real justice, not fake justice, and real justice has to be paid for, and grace. And the having 100% full, complete grace and 100% full, complete justice, oh man, that's the hard one that I, I didn't find any other worldview that solved except for this worldview. With the disclaimer that depending on the version, you may have mistranslations and you can't take it out of context. The, the old saying, you can prove anything by the Bible. There's a lot of truth in that. Maybe not anything, but close if you take things out of context. So we have to look at it holistically. We have to go on our journey in search and we have to find, hopefully, the one that is true that we can commit our life to, to have our best life possible, which is not possible if you're living any other worldview that is not the truthful and correct one. Okay? So, I think that's where we've kind of gotten to. Uh, very brief review. Uh, this is from this is from two weeks ago. Um, this one was actually last week. So the one two weeks ago is we have journey essentials to find the meaning and purpose in life. What's the greatest truth? What's the greatest lie? How do I fix my biggest problem? The essentials for the journey, I believe that we will need and maybe not have a successful journey without them, is a new heart, a new spirit, the mind of Christ to be transformed, to have the righteousness of God and all apart from the law. The journey objectives, we already said. The meaning, purpose, truth, falsehood, and how to fix your biggest problem. And what it comes down to is, are you being compelled in your life, inspired, motivated, uh, the thing that determines what you do, don't do, what you believe and don't believe, what you hold is dear and what you don't. Are you being compelled by the love of Christ, by the love of Jesus, the love of God, or anything else? Okay? Now, if your worldview is you don't believe there's God, and you've been on the journey, and you still don't believe there's God, then I would say you need to commit to love. Okay? Now, I think when you do that, in a way you're committing to God, because... It says God is love, but don't get too caught up in that right now. Just commit to love, all right? Uh, that's what I did. When hope kicked me out of the house, I threw everything overboard as far as my worldviews and what I believed was true or not and started over and started searching all of them. And when I finished that search, I was committed to loving hope but I was not committed at that point to loving and committing to God yet because I wasn't sure if there was a God or which God. That came later. But before that, I committed to love in relation to my wife, Hope. And when I did, everything in me changed. Okay? And then later came the end of the search and 
believing and, and having the one worldview that I now own. I've been on the journey. I've done the work. I've researched myself. I've, as best as I could, gotten out of my own mind and heart and, and biases. Can't ever do that completely, but as best I could. And then prayed and meditated over a period of time on all of it until one emerged. If you remember back when we talked about the belief profiling intervention, you don't change your belief by willpower. You can't. No one can. How do you not believe what you believe? So the way to change a belief, which may be the only way to permanently change your health, your emotions, uh, your success or failure, all that stuff, to change a belief, you collect facts, data, truth, until you feel like you have all the facts, data, truth about that thing, and then you pray and meditate over it every day, not trying to believe just a certain, a, a certain thing, but saying, okay, I want whatever the truthful belief is to float up in my mind and heart and sort of just keep praying and meditating over that until it does, and it will. At least, as, as, at least if that's what your desire, is to find the one truth, embrace it, start living by it, it will come up. Will it take a day? Will it take uh, three months? It usually doesn't take three months. Usually doesn't take a day either. Somewhere in between, okay? So, that's the deal. But um, okay, so let's go to last week. No, wait a minute. That was, yeah, okay. Um, so we're still in review in essentials and objectives. And we're taking it a little more detailed here. So we said we needed a new heart and a new spirit. What does that mean? It means my status and attitude are immediately changed, transformed by the renewing of my mind in Christ Jesus by presenting my body a living sacrifice daily. Uh, if anyone would come after me, this is, I believe, in Luke, he must deny himself daily, take up his cross, and follow me. Well, what am I denying? What I want. That's what I'm denying. I'm denying... The seek pleasure, avoid pain, thought, emotion, feeling, and action. I'm denying that. Okay? I'm giving it up to God. I'm giving it up to love. Alright? And, and what I desire now is whatever is in the present moment in truth and love is pleasing to God, is love-based, etc. Okay, so um, an undivided heart, one that will mirror God's heart, the mind of Christ um, discern, will help you discern spiritual truths and understanding uh, the righteousness of God, which is right standing. And we, talk, we, we dug deeper on righteousness, that it's revealed and manifested. Manifested means it's action. It's not just God declaring something true. It's God acting on me and on you uh, based on his promises of what he, he will do, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, 
God's righteousness makes him the perfect and only true judge. His righteousness produces salvation and truth. His righteousness produces mercy and salvation uh, in the areas of sin to save us from sin and, and give us instead a punishment, mercy, and because of all of that, a sense and reality of freedom in Christ. It is for freedom's sake that God has set you free. Why have you gone who has bewitched you into believing another gospel, which was you earn it, back to legalism and the old law? Um, that righteousness is always through Jesus. It produces grace, which we said is one of the essentials, and your best life possible. And I, let me pause here a second. I'm not saying your best life possible is going to be super euphorically happy. That's not even the purpose of this life. And, and you know the scriptures. If man loves his life here, he'll lose it. If he hates his life here and looks forward to the life with God in eternity, he will save it. All right? Uh, we're not supposed to love this life. But you can live this life in love. Those are two different things. We're not supposed to love this life. We're supposed to live it in love. Which means your best life, which we've said over and over and over, is going to include pain. And a couple or three months ago, we talked about how can your best possible life, could that be a life of chronic pain? And I came to the conclusion it absolutely can, biblically, as well as experience and what happens when people do this, all right? But it, it, it's, it's one of those things you really can't even put into words, for me anyway, that, that when you live this way and that switch inside you flips, you didn't flip it, it flipped. You meditated and prayed, your beliefs changed, you are committed to God as God and Father. Jesus is your Lord and Savior, okay? When you're committed to that and negative things happen that are painful or not what you wanted, yes, you feel the pain. And no, you're not jumping up and down like you just won the lottery. But you can have that pain in a place internally of still in, not just in spite of the pain, but with the pain. Be in love, joy, peace, identity, worth, etc. In spite of the pain and in spite of the circumstances. That is not possible living any other way. Any other way, your circumstances will determine your emotions, feelings, brain state, hormones, all of it. But not I believe, when you are committed to God, Jesus, the kingdom, present moment in love, etc., all right, that will produce a life not dependent on your circumstances where you can be in love, joy, and peace despite your circumstances and you don't love this life. You're very much looking forward to the better life, but you are living this life 
in love, which is your best life possible. In every way, results, emotions, feelings, hormones, chemicals, health, everything. Okay. And we uh, started, that was two weeks ago, on uh, meaning and purpose. And again, what compels you. All right? So, again, this is where we spent most of our time last week. And we covered all of these except for how to fix your biggest problem. And we said we were going to wait on that till today. All right? So, if you find your meaning, find your purpose... Find the transformational truth and integrate it. Find the greatest lie and eliminate it like a computer virus. How do you fix your biggest problem? Well, first of all, if you've done the first four, you've come a long way toward number five already being fixed. Okay? But to go further to make sure that it gets fixed, how do you do that? That's where we are today. All right. Let me get my clicker. And um, I've got three lists for you today, and we're going to post all of these on the site. So go down uh, under the video, and there should be a button, and click that button, and it will give you the links for these three lists. And these are three lists that I would print out and put somewhere very conspicuous for you to review just for 60 seconds, 30 seconds, review in your mind if you've got to memorize, um, whatever, every single day to keep these as filters for your day, okay? Uh, I'm going to determine the thoughts I'm going to allow, the thoughts I'm not going to allow and give to God, make every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, uh, feelings and emotions and what I do with them and how I act toward them, my actions and behaviors, my priorities, everything. I'm going to run through these filters every day, all the time, and every day I'm going to recommit to these filters as I plan to not do anything unless I already know whether it's in compliance or not until it goes through these filters and comes out the other side, yeah, do it. But if I go through the filters, come out the other side, no, that's probably not best. I'm going to try to take that captive, turn, give it to God. Please help me with this. May your will be done. Empower me to what you want to be pleasing to you and, and help me accomplish it because I can't do it right in my strength. I tried to for decades, and it didn't work. Okay. God's characters. And all these are straight from Scripture. Okay? God is a personal spirit. He is not flesh and blood. He is light. In Him is no darkness at all. We'll get, um, God is all-powerful. Okay? So, the buck stops with Him. And anything is possible with God. That's a scripture too, by the way. And anything is possible to him who believes. God is present everywhere. Does that mean in this room? Well, is this room everywhere? Does that mean in my body, my liver, my gallbladder? 
Is that part of everywhere? You decide. God knows everything. <laughs> okay, uh, you've heard me talk about how the latest estimate of the capacity, potential, of our brain and mind, the scientists have increased by 10 times what they previously thought it was to now over one quadrillion bits, which is the size of the entire internet. So that's our potential and capacity, but God knows all of that, the capacity of the entire internet, plus everything else. How this planet came to be, how this star burned out, how everything, everything. So is there anything that God would not have the answer to? No, because he knows everything, which means the answers too, not just the questions. God is sovereign. He, uh, he's the man. He's the king. He's the, the, the perfect father and dictator. Uh, I was taught in history class in junior high when we were studying types of government that the best possible government is a dictatorship if you have a fantastic dictator who cares about his people and others and the country more than his own pleasures or pains. And I believe that's true. Okay? Um, well, God is that perfect dictator who does everything he does in love because he is love. God is holy. God is absolute truth. God is righteous, right. And notice it doesn't say God um, does righteousness. No, he is righteousness. Part of his very fundamental makeup is righteous. God is just, which we said, Man, the hardest thing on this worldview is you've got to have absolute, 100% complete and paid for justice and 100% absolute, complete and paid for grace. And those almost never go together. But with God, they do. God is love. We do love. He is love. God is merciful. God is faithful. He will always do what he says. If I promise you something, I might let you down. And if we know each other long enough, I guarantee I'll let you down. God will never let you down. He'll never forget about the appointment. He'll never cancel you. He'll never, he will always do what he has promised to do. And God never changes. So all of this stuff, scripture says, is locked in concrete forever and will never change. In a hundred million billion thousand years in eternity, first of all, we're just getting started, and second of all, God is still all of these things and in control and loves me like a son. In fact, he, he says he's my father, loving father. Okay, so that's the character of God, okay? 
Does that resonate with you on your search for the right worldview and the right thing to live by and to say, hey, man, I can feel great about living this type of life. Well, that's how I feel here, all right? A, a life of faithfulness, love, justice, righteousness, righteousness to the point that it is as if today, now, Alex, it's as if I've never committed a sin in my entire life. I'm completely innocent in the eyes and book of God through Jesus according to Scripture. Um, I have the truth to live by because God is truth. I'm searching for the truth, right? Well, He is the truth. So discovering Him is, and, and committing and in relationship with Him is discovering the truth, okay? And, and I think that's why He says He will lead and guide me to all truth about my life and what I should do, not do, whatever. Um, and I have all power at my disposal through prayer and my relationship with God. Now, it's always up to God as the final vote how that power is used or not used, but he says he'll use it perfectly. He will make everything work out for my good. Okay? Lifetime guarantee. And God is personal. Meaning I don't just get to shout to him from the crowd or go to a Zoom call and raise my hand. I've got God one-on-one. -on -one. Anytime. Pray without ceasing. Okay, so on your search, these are the characteristics from ancient manuscripts about God. as a possible true worldview to embrace, commit to, and live by. All right, second list. The names of God in Scripture. And I love these. These are fantastic. Abba just means father. Like a baby would cry out to a parent. Mama! Daddy! Help! I need help! You remember being a little kid, skinning your knee? Mama! 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 I'm hurt! I'm, help! Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. But it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. And she's rubbing my head and telling me she loves me and taking me to the uh, anti antiseptic that back then stung like crazy. Doesn't today. But, um, and takes care of me. Uh, Fixes it. Puts a band-aid on it. Hey, go, go, go sit down for a while. I'll get you something cool to drink. You want a blanket? Um, everything's going to be okay. I'm here. We love you. Your knee's going to be fine. Okay, that's God, but God is times a million of that. My mother was not perfect. There were times when, one time when she abused me, physically and emotionally, just once, and made a lot of mistakes, as everybody does, okay? Now, she was still wonderful, but how much more wonderful would she have been if she had been the all-powerful, perfect mom? Oh, goodness! That would have made 
a huge difference. Even though I love my mom, feel like I had a great experience with her, uh, a lot of the good stuff about me today came from her. If she had been all-powerful and never made mistakes like God is, oh my goodness, I'd probably be way up higher in my life than I am now, okay? But I can have that now with God, okay? And that's what God desires for me and you as well. All right, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Man, this is the one um, I don't think any of us can wrap our head around. How is it that God had no beginning? Just blows my mind, even today. And no end, and also us no end. We're going to live for eternity. We are made by God, an eternal being spirit. Okay? Which is, I can't really get my mind around either, but the no beginning one is even more to me. So, beginning and the end. Um, the Ancient of Days, meaning that beginning was way, 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 okay. The Anointed One. They anointed kings, and after they were anointed, it means they're officially the king now, all right? God is God. Is God. The God who gave you birth. Isn't that one interesting? We think it's just egg and sperm and what Mary and Joe decide and when they decide. Scripture says no. God gave you birth. Eldia, the God of knowledge. Anything you need to know for your best life, God knows it and wants to be in regular communication with you. The God Most High, the everlasting God, the God who sees and sees everything. It says he reads the intentions of the heart. He judges the intentions of the heart. All right? Which we can't do. I mean, we can to a little extent, but there's so much in our heart, that, that's kind of what psychology calls the unconscious, subconscious, and ancestral. There, that is so much that I just know a little piece of that typically based on the research. God, he knows all of it. So he not only knows what I do, he knows why I do it. Every single time, even if it goes back hundreds of years into my ancestry. And also has the power and knowledge to heal that, to fix it, to teach me a lesson from it that'll take me up higher, to comfort me with the pain of it if it's something hard and negative, to lead me out of the problem, all of the above. He is uh, God Almighty, El Shaddai. He's way beyond Hulk, way beyond Superman, way beyond Batman, way beyond Iron Man. In fact, all of those were probably done at least a little bit by their creators in the comic books of DC and Marvel. I think those guys were thinking about God sometimes when they made up those characters. Only, if you've noticed, each character has a few superpowers, but no character has all of them. All right? Well, first of all, those superheroes aren't real. God is the only real superhero, okay? 
and he has all of the powers and no one else has any unless he gives them to them. Okay. The creator, the self-existent one. I love that one. God is the self-existent one. You know the thing about perpetual motion and we've never figured it out, okay? Because there has to be energy to produce life and, and awareness and, and all that stuff. Not for God. God is perpetual motion. God is self-powering, self-existent to a perfect degree in every way. Okay? So you don't have to worry about him being on vacation or asleep. says God is always at work on our behalf. And Jesus is at the right hand of the Father continually interceding for you. He's the Lord creator, the Lord our provider. Whatever we need, he provides. Now, need is the key word there. Not always necessarily want. Okay? The Lord our banner. What does that mean? If I'm going into battle, if I've got a, a, a problem I'm trying to solve, man, metaphorically, I've, I've, I've rung God's flag up the flagpole as far as this is the name of my team, this is the name of my group, this is who I'm committed to and in camp with. Okay? The Lord our healer. Says, uh, says about Jesus, he healed everyone that came to him. Doesn't say that about anybody else. Uh, one time I was having uh, lunch in California with someone who would call themselves, I think, a uh, Buddhist. And uh, the person was considered to be a healer. They were from India and were very famous in India as a healer, probably 65 years old or so. And we were having a lunch and a conversation, and the uh, person said to me, yeah, I'm a healer, but God, but Jesus is the master healer. And there were some other people there that called themselves New Age that really reacted to that statement. What did you just say? And, and the guy said it again. I'm a healer, but Jesus is the master healer. And these other people, they didn't like that he said that at all. They were not Jesus people, okay? Now, they would have told you, and they did tell me, we think Jesus was a very good man, you know, maybe a prophet or whatever, just not the Son of God. Well, that's impossible. Jesus said he was the Son of God. He was either who he said he was, or he was a raving lunatic. But anyway, that's not what the, the healer from India said. He said he is the master healer because it, the ancient documents about Jesus say he healed everyone that came to him. And he said, and the, the guy from India said, that is not true of me. That is not true of anyone I know. It's not true of any other healer. We all have situations where the healing does not work. Okay? Evidently, with Jesus, that was never the case. Okay? So if you need healing, he's the only sure bet, if that's his will for you. Okay? 
If it's not His will for you, I shouldn't want it anyway, even if it means relief from pain, because it's not what's best for me if that's not what God wants, all right? The Lord is our shepherd. Uh, the famous, one of the most famous passages in the world. I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you're with me. Okay? Uh, the Lord is peace. We try to live at peace. We try to have peace. God is peace. The Lord is there. That's one of my very favorite ones. Okay? Um, I got lost at the New York, I believe it was 1964 or 5 World's Fair. Okay? I was four or five years old. Okay? Little dude. And it was absolutely just packed. I mean, it was, you were touching people all the time. You couldn't keep from it. There were so many people there. Excuse me, excuse me, can I get through here? You know, and everybody was doing that. And I got lost. And uh, man, I remember it like it was yesterday how afraid I was because I was in this mass of people and they were bumping me and pushing me. I fell down one time and I kept saying, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad. And, and no answer, I couldn't see them, whatever. And then all of a sudden, after a few minutes of that, when I was maybe getting close to panicking a little bit, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad, and a hand grabbed me. And it was my mom and dad. And they hugged me and said, what'd they say? What do you think? We're here. You're okay. You're okay because we're here. But my parents aren't here today. And they weren't there when I panicked at the World Fair. And a whole bunch of other times, God says, I'm there. Wherever there is, where, whenever you need me, all the time, 24-7, he's there. With all power, all knowledge, all the other stuff. Right? And the Lord, and the Lord is our righteousness. You are right as if you've never committed a sin in your life completely, 100% innocent. Wow. Pretty unbelievable. Looks like I found the right person, the right being on my journey search. I hope it helps you. One more. This one... I would print out and, and have a copy of it everywhere you go, and maybe even like me, have a copy of it folded up in your pocket all the time, just so you can kind of pat that and know, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm plugging back in to who I am, okay? If you remember, when we started on the uh, journey objectives, the meaning of life and the purpose of life, man, both of those are 
largely about who am I? And once I know who I am, truthfully, for sure, now I can make a plan of how to live, where to go, what to do, what to not do, etc. So, I'm on my journey. Who does God say I am if I've committed to him as my Father, Jesus as my Lord and Savior, etc.? I'm God's child. I'm not a robot. I'm not a possession. So even though I'm a creation, even though God created me, he sees me as, a, as his child. Not If I create something, is there anything in here I've created? Let me see. Um, shoot, I thought, ah, oh, hang on, I'm coming back. Okay, this is one of my favorite things in the whole world. Legos, right? You gotta love Legos. Well, Harry and George both loved Legos. I mean, they would dump it out, throw away the instructions, and put it together in two minutes. I mean, I don't know how they do that, but they did it. When, when Harry, our firstborn, was just like a couple years old, uh, I was working three jobs, going to graduate school full-time to try to put a roof over our head, pay for food, and stuff like that. And so, I always hated to leave Hope and Harry for the day, and Harry would always come grab my legs and hug me, tell me he loved me. Dad, do you have to go today? Couldn't you stay home today? And there were some times I did, but most of the time, Harry, I wish I could. I've got to go earn money. Uh, I'll be back and we'll play. Saturday we'll play, you know, that sort of thing. So he made me this so that no matter where I was during the day working, I could look at this and remember how much he loved me and how much fun we had and how much fun we were going to have the next time we were together. He told me that's why he made it for me. And that was uh, 26 years ago. And this is still one of my most precious possessions, okay? Well, you are God's child. And God doesn't give you gifts like this. He gives you gifts like this. A new heart, a new spirit, the mind of Christ, transformed, a new attitude and status, right standing, grace, freedom from sin, salvation, the perfect judgment. I mean, that's what he gives us, all right? Things that, um, things that can't break, things that um, can't get lost because they're in us, and God does that, but we cannot be aware of it and not use it if we choose. That's foolish. If it is powerful, God wants it for us, and it'll help, but it's our choice. I am Jesus' friend. Wow. 
He's not just my Lord, Savior, Bridegroom, and High Priest. He's also my friend. Remember the verse? Greater love has no one than this, that a man will lay down his life for his friend. Well, Jesus laid down his life for me and you and says, I'm your friend. Will you be my friend? Well, you ever want the perfect friend? Never had one of those, but how, would you be interested in the perfect friend? You got it. I've been justified. Justice. Real justice that's paid for, that makes me innocent and sin-free. I am united with the Lord and am one spirit with Him. The mystery of the ages. Jesus and I are one. I'm seated with Him in the heavenlies. He's here in me, here and now. Uh, I've, been, I've been bought with a price. I belong to God. Jesus, God has purchased me and I have said, Yes, and I agree to that purchase, and I commit and am yours now. So I choose to be your slave because you're the perfect dictator, the perfect father, love, etc. Right? I'm a saint, a holy one. Why? Because of the righteousness of God that's been given to me so that I'm innocent, as if I've never done a single thing. That may, If you've never done a single thing wrong and you're completely innocent, that makes you a saint, a holy one, if you are in right relationship with God. I've been adopted as God's child. I have access to God through the Holy Spirit. There's my relationship, not just group, but one-on-one, -on -one. all right? The... the the veil of the temple was ripped in two when Jesus died. And now there is, there's not an arbiter. There's not a someone. We have to have a, a human being person as a go-between from us to God. You remember back during the Inquisition with the Catholic Church, they would literally chain the Bible, and I guarantee you it wasn't this version, they would chain the Bible to the podium and the average person wasn't even allowed to read it. Only the priest. And then tell the person what it said from their interpretation, which might be wrong, okay? Um, no more. There's no go-between. You have direct access to God. Um, I've been forgiven all my sins. Innocent again. I'm complete in Christ. I'm not missing anything. I'm whole. Okay? I'm free from condemnation. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm assured that all things will work together for good. The outcome guarantee. I'm free from all condemning charges against me. There are no true charges against me. How's that possible? I remember stealing the candy bar. I remember telling the lie because Jesus took that to the cross and paid for it. It does not have to be paid for twice. It belongs to the person who paid for it and Jesus has the receipt. So it does not belong to me 
and it does not have to be paid for twice. I cannot be separated from the love of God. This one might be the main one to think and pray and meditate over this week. I cannot be separated from the love of God. No matter what I do, where I go, no matter how many times I mess up, even right in the middle of the mess up, maybe, the love of God for me is there. So let me be aware of that. And in any and every situation, the love of God is here. God is here. The Holy Spirit is here. Jesus is here because he and I are one. I am not alone. I am not powerless. I am not at the mercy of circumstances. I have all power and all those other things that are here for my best in this situation and every situation. Okay. I've been established, anointed, and sealed by God. So not only has God been anointed as God, I have been anointed as what? As innocent. As forgiven. As as a person who is saved. I have the golden ticket already. I win the game. I already know that. I've still got decades to go, but I've already won. Okay, and not and not by anything I've done, by my effort. It's all God. I'm confident that the good work has begun in me and will be perfected. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. I am a citizen of heaven already. Doesn't say I will be a citizen of heaven. It says I am. My mansion's there. Okay? My parents, I think, can't wait to see me. My grandparents, other people that I love and care about. My, I believe I will see them and maybe even today they know I'm a citizen of heaven already, and they're, hey, man, can't wait till Alex gets up here. <laughs> Maybe not, but anyway, I'm excited about it, and I know I'm already a citizen. I'm hidden with Christ in God. What does that mean, hidden? It means so that the evil, negative, people that want to hurt me can't get to me, okay? I've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Now, I have fear in me, but it's not a spirit of fear. It's sin living in me. It's junk from my life, passed down from my ancestors, etc. All right? But my spirit is of love, power, and a sound mind. All right? So, if I'm experiencing fear... That's not coming from my spirit or God's spirit. That's coming from someone else, from somewhere else. Our struggle's not against flesh and blood. It's against demons, Satan, his schemes, his plans, his armies, 
that's where it's coming from. And I need to realize that and call a spade a spade when it happens and know I don't want to participate with Satan. Well, if I participate with fear rather than turning it over to God and shifting to love, I am participating with Satan and or his demons or his plans for my life rather than God's. I can find grace and mercy to help in time of need. Grace is the power to do what needs to be done in any given situation. So, I can find grace and mercy in time of need. If I'm committed to this life, love in the present, God as my Father, Jesus, Lord and Savior, etc. I am born of God and the evil one cannot touch me. Now he can lie to me. He can trick me. He might even be able to scare me or entice me, but he can't touch me. I'm the salt of the earth and the light of the world. I'm a branch of the true vine, Jesus, a channel for his life. I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet, not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm a channel of Jesus' life. I've been chosen and appointed by God to bear fruit. Before the foundations of the world, God predestined those whom he foreknew to be conformed to the likeness of his Son. Before the foundations of the world. So, you ever feel, you know, like uh, in elementary school when they're choosing sides and you're the last one chosen or not chosen at all? You are chosen by Yahweh God. You. J you, John. You, Mary. Me, Alex. God chose me. Not just default, not just, ah, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know that I ever would have chosen Alex. I mean, he, you know, he's kind of a screw-up. No. God knew me. He knew everything I would ever do and not do if he wanted to know. And before I was ever born, he chose me and you. And paid for me and you. Paid for everyone. Wish that all would come to repent. I'm a personal, spirit-empowered witness of Christ. I am the temple of God, so I don't eat a gallon of ice cream or I try to get a little bit of exercise, try to eat healthy, try to drink lots of clean water. It's healthy, right? Yeah, that too, but the bigger reason is my body's the temple of the Holy Spirit and God. I'm a minister of reconciliation for God which means a peacemaker rather than someone who destroys peace or attacks or whatever. Uh, I'm a fellow worker with God. God and I are in this together. Okay? He's with me throughout my life. However many decades that it, that's been and however many I have to go, He's with me.
Okay? I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. We already talked about that. I'm God's workmanship created for good. God made me and made me for good and will ensure that that happens if I will turn it over to him, but he's not going to force me. That's my choice, and it's my choice every day. Back to the Luke passage. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. It doesn't say I may approach God with freedom and confidence as long as I've done everything right and nothing wrong. No! No, there's no one righteous, not even one. All have sinned and fallen short. It's not of works. It's of faith and belief, lest anyone should boast. So, God expected that. He planned for that. He paid for that. So I can approach him with freedom and confidence, no matter what I've done or not done. All he wants is me, really, in relationship, in loving, truthful relationship with him. He knows what I'm thinking anyway. He knows everything I've done anyway. And he may be the only being in existence that can know all that stuff and still love me and maybe even like me in spite of all my screw-ups and sins. Okay? You ever thought about that thing? Like if you were in a group of people, all your closest friends and family, and they turned on a uh, video movie that is all your secret sins and thoughts that you've never expressed to anyone? <laughs> Imagine that. How long would you sit there while they're looking at all your sins, all your, all your fantasies, all your imagined things that you maybe never did, and some that you... Man, I, I'd probably get out of that room within 60 seconds. Well, I may approach God with freedom and confidence. I don't have to be ashamed, no matter what. He loves me. It has nothing to do with how obedient I am. It has to do with loving him or not and choosing him or not. Choosing him or the alternative. Choosing love or the alternative. Okay, and then the last one. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, so meaning and purpose for me, these three lists show me what that is. I am extremely valuable, completely innocent as if I've never done a thing wrong in my life, empowered, protected, guaranteed, healed, all of the above. So does that have an impact? If, if, if this stuff is true, does that have an impact on these things? On the meaning of life, purpose, truth, lie, and how to fix your biggest problem. So, we said we'd leave this one till today. How do you fix your biggest problem? I think I just showed you. When you truly commit 
Do your search. Do your journey. Find the facts. Find the truth. Compare all the different worldviews, etc. When you end up and find, I believe, the truth, because this is the only system that had all those requirements, okay? Love, truth, justice, and grace, which is the way we're built, the way, you know, all of that. This is who I am. This is the meaning of life and purpose, to be in loving, intimate relationship with the creator of everything that exists, the only one true God, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, all-powerful, all-loving, all-righteous. And he wants to be in loving relationship with me and basically take care of everything that I really need. Maybe not what I want because some of what I want is not what's best for me or not best at that time, but everything I need and at the right time. And if that for me is chronic pain for years or decades or whatever, that's okay because I know this life is nothing. It lasts like this long. Scripture says like I'm like you're doing a, a tea kettle and steam comes out. You see the steam for about two seconds and then it's gone and it's just clear air again. That's how God compares our entire life of 120 years for, is what scripture says. It is, we're built for basically 120 years, which, which is exactly what a geneticist, medical doctor, researcher friend of mine said, which means... Stress is stealing away a third of our healthy lifespan because we're living, we're not prioritizing spiritual, spirit, mind, body. We're prioritizing circumstances, body, mind, spirit. And spirit is last. And very often we don't really get to it because we really don't see it as that big a priority. It's body and mind because mind is conscious, mind, will, emotions, you know, uh, anxiety or stress peace or not, okay? So, I believe this is how you fix your biggest problem. You don't. God does. When you're in right relationship with Him, understand how He made all of this to work. Your body, your physical being, your non-physical being, your eternal spirit, your unconscious heart, your life circumstances, your family, everything, okay? Even in the midst of pain, I can have love, joy, peace, and a confidence uh, really, an almost knowing that, yeah, I'm in all this pain and that's not any fun. And if I could make a wish for it to go away, I would. But I know this pain is finite. And what comes after this, which is 
no tears, no night, no fear, eternal, I will not be in chronic pain. I will be in love, joy, peace, great relationships, and obviously won't be in a physical body that's like this one, because this one won't, this one's built for 120 years. My new body in the next life is built for eternity. Okay? So my flesh, evidently, in the next life won't be <sighs> causing me to sin or have pain like this life. So even if I'm in pain here, I know the no pain perfect is coming and is going to be for millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of years and we'll just be getting started. So um, I believe this is who I am, my purpose to get in right relationship with God and live as best I can in love. The greatest lie is that uh, is that I succeed in life by my own willpower by focusing and arranging my physical and external circumstances. The greatest truth is that it's not about willpower. It's about love and committing to what is the true worldview, okay? Uh, and to fix your biggest problem, you need more power than you've got. At least for the ones that haven't fixed and don't seem to be fixing, you can't. You don't have enough power. God promises he does have the power and he will fix it. Maybe not according to what you want, but what you need. And you're saved. You're a citizen already. And all these other promises apply to you in this life and the one to come. So, um, please print these out, pray and meditate over them, and, and, and again, maybe the one to meditate on the most is the God who is there. Well, where's there? Wherever you are. So, um, I hope that makes sense. Next week, we'll move on to something a little bit new, but... Uh, still in the same flow on this journey and, and, and trying to get to our best life and help you do that, you help me do that, uh, a community of people doing that together. W wouldn't that be terrific? All right. Uh, have a wonderful, blessed day, and don't forget, God loves you more than anyone ever has or will, just the way you are right now. Thank you.